Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis. This is episode 19. 19? 19 already. Can wow. you believe it? You're on a roll, brother. Yeah, well, I'm having a good time doing this, and I'm very pleased to have back in the studio with me to record this episode, my brother from another mother, Tim Donnelly. Welcome back, sir. Ah, thanks. It's great to be back, man. Yes, sir. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come in, especially because you are a school teacher. I am indeed. And we are a mere days away from the beginning of the new school year. I'm trying not to think about the encroaching school year. It's still summer, damn it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring that up. But I mean, I know that you're really busy right now getting ready for the year and uh, you're taking care of all of your teachery things. <laughs> teachery things, yeah. So um, we are here to talk about a movie that focuses on a subject that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Yep. And that is music. Music, baby. Yes. This is a movie that I feel a lot of people may have missed out on. I try to do movies on the podcast that are sort of mainstream and and I feel like a lot of people have seen and will enjoy listening to facts about them and stuff. Sure. This could be a movie that people go, I don't remember that movie. Right. But they should because it's a great movie. It's an amazing movie. Yeah, this is a movie that didn't have a huge run in the theaters. Right. It should have. It should have. Uh, I don't think it necessarily made a ton of money in the theaters either. It did not. In fact, uh, an estimated budget of $26 million dollars it grossed $25.7 million in the U.S., $34.5 million worldwide. The movie we're talking about is That Thing You Do. Yes. Released October 4th, 1996, written and directed by Tom Hanks. Yet another reason why the movie should have been huge. Agreed. Because this came out after both of his Oscar wins. Both of his Oscars. His one-two punch for uh, Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. I forget what show it was on, but Tom Hanks uh, told the story like this. He said... I've just won two Oscars. I'm a big honking movie star, and you have to let me make this movie that I want to write and direct. But of course, he said it in his inimitable uh, Tom Hanks way, I'm sure, with charm and tongue planted fully in cheek. Yes, of course. Tom Hanks is so fucking amazing, man. Yes, he is. His acting aside, which of course is brilliant, right. this movie is so well written, yeah. well directed. He even uh, co wrote some of the music in the movie. Yeah, he did, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, and the music for this movie is phenomenal. I, I mean, have, it's a great soundtrack. It's an awesome soundtrack. And uh, I don't know if the listeners out there in podcast land know this or not, but uh, you and I are former. Trivia hosts. Yes. <laughs> and in between the questions, of course, we play music to give the teams time to think up an answer to the question. And right. every time at a gig I would play That Thing You Do, mm -hmm. uh, people would go nuts. Like, oh, man, great song, man. And I would see people kind of singing along and bopping right. their heads. It's a great, great tune. Absolutely. Very catchy um, theme song. Uh, the song, there's a great story behind the song, in fact. Do tell, Jason. Well, the title song, That Thing You Do, was nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Globe. Surprisingly, it didn't win either. Had the movie been a bigger hit, I think it probably would have won. That's a fair point. It's really, really an amazingly catchy song, and, I, and I'm actually surprised it wasn't a huge hit, too. It had better be a catchy song, because how many times throughout the course of the movie do you hear it, either <laughs> in its entirety or in little snippets? Eleven times. Eleven times. <laughs> Eleven so it better, times. Be, better be a catchy tune. Yeah, and the movie's probably a shade over an hour and a half in the uh, the theatrical version. A uh, theatrical cut? Uh, yeah, it's like an hour and 47 minutes yeah, or something, say, like, something that. like that. Yeah. There is a, a director's cut that's two and a half hours, which I did not watch. Okay. You said you watched it. You didn't really like it as much. I think the director's cut, while 
interesting and it certainly expands the storyline mm-hmm. of a lot of the characters uh, less is definitely more in this case yeah tom hanks made the right decision cutting what he cut right um, I was reading about what the differences were between the director's cut and the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. Let's talk a little bit more about the song sure, before sure, sure. we get too far ahead of ourselves. Okay. Here. <laughs> We're really excited to talk about this movie. Can you tell? <laughs> Clearly. So, uh, you know, the movie really happens because of this song, too. So yes. that's another reason why I'm surprised it wasn't, you know, a bigger success, the song. But um, Adam Schlesinger, the bassist of Fountains of Wayne, their big hit, of course, was Stacy's Mom. Stacy's Mom, that's right. They're from around here, too. They are. In Jersey. They got their name, Fountains of Wayne, from an old uh, uh, store not too far from here. Right. Where we're recording this podcast. The store <laughs> is now defunct and it's not there anymore. Right. But uh, they're local boys. Yep. Adam Schlesinger wrote the song in response to a contest that was being held by the studio that made the movie. Okay. He actually didn't think he had a chance of winning. He just kind of did it as an exercise in songwriting because he thought it was a little bit different from what he would normally write. That's unbelievable. He yeah. just did it. Just, I'll never win. I won't win the contest. <laughs> just a little songwriting exercise. And it turns out to be that it's the title track of the film, man. I know. Oh. And, and it's, again, the whole movie circles around this song. I right. Mean, it's all about the song. Right. The singer-songwriter Mike Viola of The Candy Butchers was the guy who provided lead vocals on the track, as well as some of the other songs in the movie, Little Wild One and All My Only Dreams. Right. And I mentioned Tom Hanks co-wrote some of the other music in the movie as well with uh, producer Gary Getzman. Mm-hmm. Steve Zahn, who's one of the, the great actors in this movie. Yes. Who plays one of the band members. Lenny Hayes. Lenny Hayes. And I got to tell you, he's my favorite guy in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... He's awesome. Um, he is the uh, the goofball. He's the goofball, he's the but goofball. he uh, he has some of the best lines in the movie. Too. Yeah, he does. You know, I mean, obviously that's that's how it's written, but he's he's just really great when he delivers those lines too. So um, he's actually a real accomplished singer guitar player. He and, is right. And they say that he actually played guitar and sang in this movie and Saving Silverman in two thousand one. Right. Now, one of the songs, "Dance with Me Tonight" from the movie. Okay. In the movie, he's the lead vocalist. Right. Whether or not he actually sings lead on the track, too, I don't, I don't know. But Nor do I. I couldn't find that information when I, when I did the research. But, then uh, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> We're just bullshitting about a movie last you time I checked. You couldn't find that information. I'm sorry. Folks, tune out now. No, no, no. Don't listen to Tim. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking <laughs> about. Kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> and another interesting side note, All My Only Dreams, which is the ballad that they play at Villa Pianos. Right. It's the... Uh, it's the B side, right? right. The of B that side, thing you, the B side of the forty-five of that thing you do. In Absolutely, the movie. that song also makes an appearance in the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which Tom Hanks produced. Correcto mundo. I didn't realize that. I haven't seen that movie in a while, so I'll have to watch that again to look for that. Should we do that on the next podcast? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Tom Hanks overload, right? <laughs> The whole soundtrack is phenomenal, but the movie is even more phenomenal. Let's go back to what we were talking about before, about the differences between the theatrical cut and the director's cut, which both appear on the Blu-ray of the movie. Right. You can also get it on DVD okay. uh, as a double disker. Okay. The theatrical cut and the director's cut. Okay. So the the things I read about the differences, the director's cut, like you said, kind of expands on some of the characters a mm-hmm. little bit more. They expand on the relationship between... Guy Patterson, Skitch. Take us there, Skitch. (laughs) And Tina, 
right? Uh, played by Charlize Theron in of the movie. Of course. Charlize Theron. I think she was the first actor to audition for a role in this movie, mm-hmm. and she was the first one cast. Their relationship in the movie in the theatrical release isn't really explored that much. I mean, it's, right. it's kind of, you know, you kind of get the sense that she's really not impressed with his drumming and his involvement yeah. with the band and this and that. You clearly get it that they're boyfriend and girlfriend, and right. you know, it's like a, a syrupy, sweet, kind of 1960s, cutesy boy-girl romance. But you're right. They don't really go into the details and the nuts and bolts of their relationship. In the director's cut, there's a lot more more Guy and Tina. And then she ends up hooking up with her dentist. With her dentist, right. Which is sort of referenced in the theatrical cut. Yeah. But but you actually see her being involved with the dentist in the director's cut. Right. There's more Guy and Tina, and there's more Tina and dentist. So yes. Tina really gets around in the director's <laughs> cut, let me there, tell you. There you go. Now, no disrespect to Charlize Theron, who's an amazing actress. Yes, she is. And is very good in, in her limited role in the theatrical release of this. Mm-hmm. I think the amount of Tina in this movie is perfect. <laughs> Agreed. The story is really about the band. Of course. In my opinion. I think that it's really all about the meteoric rise of the Wonders. Right. The, or the Oneaters. Hey, that's the Onetters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, and, and the stuff with the characters, the relationships and things like that, to me, doesn't matter as much as getting the band. To... I agree with you, as usual, 100%. There's just enough Tina in the movie. This movie, like you said, it's really about the music and the band. Some of the other people in the movie, let's talk about the cast. Okay. Uh, Tom Hanks, of course. Uh, of course. Has a, a smaller role in the theatrical release than the director's cut. Yes. Which, you know, you got to give him credit for cutting himself out of the yeah, movie. Yeah, for cutting his own part. He's a uh, director. He can cut whatever the hell he wants. Exactly. Tom Everett Scott, in his film debut, who's a great actor himself, and almost wasn't cast in this because of his resemblance to Tom Hanks. Yeah, he looked uh, a little too much like Tom Hanks, <laughs> right. thought Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, and it was actually Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson, who said, hey, you should hire this guy. He's really good, and he's yeah. kind of cute. He, uh, <laughs> I think he had some audition tapes on, and he was in the other room, and his wife, Rita Wilson, was watching them, and he heard her go, ooh, who's this guy? And he ah. recognized the voice of... Tom Everett Scott. And he said, no, I can't cast him. He looks too much like me. And Rita Wilson says, what are you kidding? That's nonsense. He's great. You should cast him. So thank you, Rita Wilson. Yes. And I'm sure Tom Everett Scott thanks her all the time (laughs) as well. I'm sure he does. Yeah. And Tom Everett Scott actually said that the character of Guy is very similar to himself. So it probably wasn't uh, much of a stretch for him to play Guy Patterson. Right. uh, You said Lenny Hayes is your favorite character. Yes. Uh, Guy is my favorite character. Well, you're a drummer, so Uh, it's natural. Yeah, yeah. All cards on the table, uh, full disclosure, yes, he's my favorite because he is a drummer, and in theory, I am too. Listen, he's a great character too. I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody else in the film, but Lenny is just fucking funny, man. He's just great. No, you're right. Lenny is funny as, you know, Tom Hanks, as Mr. White says in the movie, Lenny is the goofball, Jimmy is the talent, Guy is the smart one, but I mean, Guy inspires the band's name. Right. Guy should get the credit for their meteoric rise to fame. Absolutely, because he takes what's a ballad and turns it into this this great pop, you know, hard-driving song. happy, snappy tune. (laughs) So, um, Liv Tyler, plays Faye, who's, uh, yes, she who's does. Jimmy's girlfriend. But, uh, at first. Yes, at first. But Guy seems to have designs on her pretty early on in the movie, even though, you know, you know it's kind of like flirtatious. Yeah, there's a little flirtation here and there. Uh, in the director's cut, there's much more uh, overt flirtation ah, between okay. Guy and Faye. That would actually be worth watching the director's cut for, that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. not saying don't watch it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying that I think Tom Hanks made the right 
cuts. Less is more, but there's some interesting stuff in there. So as we mentioned, Steve Zahn plays Lenny. Jonathan Sheck plays Jimmy Mattingly. James, J- Mattingly, James Mattingly the, the second. second, I should say. <laughs> Ethan Embry, who's going to be on the next season of Walking Dead. That's right. He was in a movie when he was a kid called Dutch. I think it was a John Hughes movie. Yeah, a John Hughes movie called Dutch, starring opposite uh, Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, yeah. Married with Children and Modern Family. Yep. And he was also Rusty in the last Vacation movie, That's... Vegas Vacation. Okay. That's right. Charlie Theron and Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. Has a small role in this as well, as Chad, the original drummer the of original the O'Neaters. <laughs> breaks his arm trying to hop a parking meter and thus kind of sets the plot in motion. Exactly. The interesting thing about the actors who play the Wonders is before they even looked at the script, they actually rehearsed as a band. Yeah. They uh, they had kind of a boot camp thing because uh, I think only Steve Zahn knows how to play. Right. One of the many things I appreciate about the film, they really did become this tight little rock band. Um, yeah. I'm always frustrated by movies uh, where it's obvious that the music you're hearing, it's not really the notes that the actors <laughs> are playing on their instruments, and right. it drives me batshit crazy. Yeah. But this movie is pretty spot on. They really did learn how to play their instruments. They did a promotional tour in Japan where they played, and I heard a story once at one of the script read-throughs, at the table read-through with the entire cast. Tom Hanks told the wonders. Now, when it comes to the part in the script where you guys play, I want you to get up and play. <laughs> and there was a stage there with instruments at the okay. read through. And sure enough, when it came time to play, they went out the night before they got matching suits. They got up and they played. That's actually kind of cool that they got the suits, too. Yeah. You know, they really got into the roles that they were playing. They really and did. They, they learned all the songs ahead of time and really nailed it. I mean, yeah. it was amazing. And as actors, uh, they developed uh, this really great camaraderie, uh, mm-hmm. which, of course, spilled over into real life. Mm-hmm. When uh, Tom Everett Scott got married. Mm-hmm. 1997. I, in 1997, uh, who was his best man? Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Which is a great story. So yeah. they're all still friends, probably. Uh, there was uh, one of the features on the Blu-ray, which I, I'm assuming it's all also on, on the DVD release, too. I think so, too. There's a, a reunion of yeah. the cast members, some of the cast members, not everybody. Right. And they talk about what it was like working together and working with Tom Hanks as a director. And they said that he, it was very rewarding because he basically said, hey, you can do no wrong. Yeah. You know, go for it. They had kind of free reign to, to go for it. And, and they said it was like the, the greatest experience. And it was kind of spoiled them a little bit. Sure. Because when they worked on other projects, it's so a little all different. downhill from there. Yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> One of the things um, about the movie that struck me from the first time I saw it, and then, of course, revisiting it, is just how it kind of mirrors reality in terms of music. Sure. The Platone galaxy of stars in the movie, to me, feels like a real homage to Motown. Right. The, the artists are not like Motown artists, but the idea that they're kind of a family. Right. The Platone galaxy of Platone stars. Galaxy they tour of stars, together right. and, and all, they support each other. Right. Very, very much like Motown. Without a doubt, the parallels to the Beatles are, are unmistakable. Of course. Movie. And the, the Beatles are, in fact, uh, referenced in the movie a couple of times. They are. Which is interesting because the movie takes place in 1964. And that's the same year that the Beatles came to America. Yeah, the Beatles came to America February 1964. They premiered the Ed Sullivan Show, I think, Sunday night, February 9th, 1964. Over 70 million people watching, including a young, I believe, uh, eight-year-old Tom Hanks Uh watching that night. There's a lot of artists that say, had the Beatles not appeared on Ed Sullivan, they might not have picked up guitars. Right. Uh, Two of my heroes, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, are two of them. And to this day, they both say, you know, you can't get better songwriting than Lennon and McCartney. Right. Billy Joel is another one. Yeah. 
who has said that that changed his life. He was watching him. that night. He yep. saw these these four kids. They didn't look like prefabricated rock stars, just these young working class kids writing their own songs, making their own music. And he pointed at the TV and he said, you know, the girls were going crazy and <laughs> that's what I want to do. Yep. That's a motivator for a lot of kids yeah. that in their teens, right? Right. <laughs> so the Beatles, uh, you know, a, a couple of other things that, that are kind of parallel, the wonders in the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, the original spelling of the original band name, the Wonders, was right. a play on words. It was spelled O-N-E-D-E-R-S. Right. The O-Neaters. <laughs> the O-Netters, O-Neaters. <laughs> the first hit for the Beatles, Please Please Me, was actually a sped-up version of a slow ballad. That's right. Which is the same thing with That Thing You Do. Right. The Beatles' first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, there was a shot of John Lennon that had the caption, Sorry, girls, he's married. Right, right. <laughs> John's reaction isn't quite as pissy as Jimmy's reaction. Right. You can very easily YouTube the footage. Uh, John just kind of smiles and giggles a little bit right. at the camera on the Ed Sullivan show, whereas uh, Jimmy on the Hollywood television showcase, little pissy, little, little bit. Yeah, he doesn't like the uh, careful girls he's engaged. Right. Yeah, And that's the whole great scene with uh, with Liv Tyler. She's oh, yeah. phenomenal. Both acts first reached fame after replacing their original drummer. Correct. Each group lost its original bass player. The Beatles' original bassist Stu Sutcliffe died and the Wonders bassist joined the Marines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both had a last minute temporary replacement after the bass player, as he's known in the movie. He's yeah. never, he, they he never has, mentioned his name. He has no name. His, his initials are TB uh, for the bass and his last name is player. player. That's it. Yeah. Ethan Embry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, is, I guess, kind of a, a musician joke. You know, they, they always make fun of the drummer. Sorry. They don't dare. I shouldn't do that. He's, he's he can strike me. No, it's, it's, it's a running joke. What's the name of the guy who sits in with the rest of the musicians? The drummer. Yeah, right. Listen, the drummer is the most important guy in the band, as far hey, as I'm concerned. By definition, without rhythm, there is no music. So hey, respect. That's right. Bitches, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> so uh, and before the Beatles became famous, they had to change drummers from Pete Best to Ringo Starr, right. and of course, you know, Chad breaks his arm, and and guy steps in to become the man. That sets everything in motion for yes, the wonders. Yes, he does. Give it up for the drummer. Give the drummer some. That's right. <laughs> so before they uh, decided on the wonders, uh, they were kind of throwing a bunch of different names around in the movie. Let's yeah, talk about if, that. If you look, I think the scene when they're at the diner, Jimmy's got his open notebook there, right. struggling to come up with a name for the group. Um, he had what, the, the Dollars, the Lords of Erie, the Pistoons, the Thorns, the Mozarts, the Echoes, the Ticks, and the Flannels, and the one name he kept coming back to, which in the end credits, he eventually does get a band with this name, the Herdsmen. Herdsmen. The with Herdsmen. Herd, with herd spelled like, you know, hearing. Right, like, like I've heard it. Right, and uh, and then Chad, who's still in the group at that time, mm-hmm. he's a big car guy, so he says the Corvettes, and then Jimmy says, was that the Cord like the Vets? Like Cords no, no, in our like music? Cord in our, right. And right. I'm thinking, that's a pretty good name for a band, actually. Yeah, Cord Vets. I mean, now it probably wouldn't be good. But... Probably wouldn't fly, but hey, you know, in 1964, yeah. at EPA, the Cord Vets, why not? Absolutely. So one of the other things in the movie that's... Uh, in fact, I'm wearing the T-shirt right now. Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. That's oh, yeah! <laughs> Tom Hanks. Uh, he named the beach band that's in, that's in the major motion picture, which we'll talk about in a minute. Right. 
Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters after two seafood restaurants near Beaufort, South Carolina, where many of the scenes in Forrest Gump were shot. Captain Geach's was on Ladies Island, but it's now closed. The Shrimp Shack is still open for business on St. Helena Island. Nice! In fact, Tom Hanks claimed that he wrote the script for this movie while on the promotional tour for Forrest Gump because he was so bored during the interview process. I guess there are only so many times people can ask you to say life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tom, uh, let me ask you, what does stupid is as stupid does mean to you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there's all kinds of great name shout outs and references in this movie yeah, besides that. Right. This movie is packed with little kind of inside jokes and references, mm-hmm. which are really, really cool. Tom Hanks is a big Oakland Raiders fan, and he names the pizza place that's out by the airport where they get their first... <laughs> where they get their first big gig. That's named after a former Raider linebacker, Phil Villapiano. All right. There's a, another, if you watch the director's cut, uh, uh-huh. speaking of the Oakland Raiders, mm-hmm. in the director's cut, it's made very clear that Tom Hanks' character, Mr. White, is gay. Aha. Uh-huh. And his boyfriend is outside the hotel one night waiting for him, and his boyfriend is played by former Oakland Raiders great, Howie Long. Who is a Hall of Famer. Yes, indeed. The last names of Jimmy Mattingly, played by Jonathan Sheck, and Lenny Hayes, played by Steve Zahn, mm-hmm. are both a nod to Apollo 13 astronauts Ken Mattingly and Fred Hayes. Tom Hanks starred as astronaut Jim Lovell in the movie Apollo 13 with uh, both of those astronauts, well, not the real astronauts, but right, right. actors playing them. Um, and when the Wonders perform at Boss Vic Koss's show in Pittsburgh, Kevin Boss Vic Koss, Kevin, Kevin Pollock, Kevin Pollock <laughs> who's amazing. One of the other bands that's on the marquee at the theater is Marilyn Lovell and the Geminis. Right. Marilyn Lovell is a tribute to Jim Lovell's wife, Marilyn. And of course, the Geminis, or as they said it back then, the Geminis is a tribute <laughs> to the to the NASA space program. Hmm. Tom Hanks is a self-proclaimed NASA space geek. Mm-hmm. And last year, in 2014, CNN did this really good 10-part series called the 60s. And on the episode about the space race, Tom Hanks, who is also an executive producer of the series, he figures pretty prominently as a talking head in the episode about space. Okay. And you can just, you, you can see it in his eyes, you can hear it in his voice. Every time he speaks about NASA and the space program and the astronauts and the moon race, uh, he's just like a giddy little boy. Yeah. He loves this NASA space stuff. What was the show that he did for, for HBO? It was called From the Earth to the Moon. And there's actually a connection, this movie, to that as well. Yes. At the Hollywood Television Showcase, you see actor Brian Cranston. Yes, kids, that Brian Cranston, <laughs> the father for Malcolm in the Middle and uh, high school chemistry teacher turned drug kingpin Walter White. That Brian Cranston <laughs> uh, playing NASA astronaut, real-life astronaut Virgil Gus Grissom. And Cranston also played Buzz Aldrin in From the Earth to the Moon, which was on HBO back in 1998 and executive produced by the... Tom Hanks, the man loves his space. Yeah, and he's also big on uh, World War II stuff, too. Yes, he is. <laughs> which we know about. Yeah, so it's kind of cool how he, how he does uh, these kind of tributes to the things that, that are obviously near and dear to him. Yeah. We mentioned earlier in the podcast that Tom Hanks either wrote or co-wrote some of the songs featured in the movie. Right. He wrote the opening tune, Loving You Lots and Lots. He co-wrote the Freddie Fredrickson song, Mr. Downtown, the Chanterlines, Hold My Hand, Hold My Heart. He also co-wrote an instrumental tune called Voyage Around the Moon, 
which okay. is played during the montage scene of the Wonders as they travel from State Fair to State Fair okay. and as their song is climbing the charts. If you look at the credits, Voyage Around the Moon is credited to a group called the Saturn Five. Okay. Okay. Now follow me on this. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with it you. It may take me a minute to get there, but I'm going to get fine, there. That's fine. Right? The Saturn V in real life was this almost 400-foot-tall behemoth of a rocket. Okay. First used in 1966, it was built for NASA's Apollo space program, which was designed to explore the moon. Now, we mentioned that Tom Hanks played Jim Lovell in Apollo 13, and that's probably where most people know Jim Lovell from as the Apollo 13 astronaut. But Lovell was also the command module pilot on the Apollo 8 mission, on board, yes, a Saturn V rocket, which, <laughs> yes, was the first manned space flight to voyage around the moon. Wow. We got there, kids. That we was, got there. That was impressive, my man. <laughs> we got there. That was amazing. God, I don't even know how to follow that. <laughs> that was amazing. So uh, another cool thing, Tom Hanks' character, Mr. White's first name is Andy. It's only revealed once in the movie, at least in the theatrical release. In the theatrical cut, it's revealed when uh, when Saul Siler has, <laughs> has a mouthful of deli yeah. and Jimmy comes over and tries to talk to him about his music and right. he yells, Andy, what Andy! in the bloody hell is this? Right. <laughs> Auditions during my lunchtime? You want to get Fabian away from me? <laughs> uh, so interestingly, Andy is also the name of the boy in Toy Story whose favorite toy is Woody, which is voiced by... Tom Hanks. There you go. Andy White, by the way, was also the name of a studio-slash-session drummer in the 1960s, and he was known for replacing Ringo Starr on the Beatles' first single, Love Me Do. So there you go, all these little shout-outs. Yeah! <laughs> the exterior shots for Erie, Pennsylvania, the hometown of the Wonders, they were filmed in Orange, California. Okay. Uh, you mentioned the montage of clips. There's a little thing where they're all on the map, all of the monkeys. I think that's the same montage. Okay, it's yeah. part of the same montage. Yeah, and they, they run Very... down the racetrack... Yeah, I think that's the same one. Run down the racetrack, and then they're on a they're on a giant map of the United, the United States, States, and there are tricycles, little tricycles yes. running around and all that, which is very much like the monkeys TV show if you right. remember that. Uh, but at one point, one of the characters falls off of his bicycle near Cleveland. Not an accident. Before becoming famous, Tom Hanks spent years in Cleveland acting in local theater. And to this day, is still a diehard Cleveland Indians that fan. That was, if I remember correctly, that was actually a trivia question <laughs> one night. Okay. At, a, at someone's gig. Okay, at a Joe, tri Joe Trivia night? At a Joe Trivia. Plug for Joe Trivia. JoeTrivia.com. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. not a paid endorsement, by no, the way. No, it is not. We just really like the guy. We just, we just love Joe for everything he did for us. <laughs> oh, and one other name note, too. Rita Wilson plays the waitress that's trying to pick up Skitch Patterson. Right. Marguerite. Her name, Marguerite, comes from her uh, real name. Her birth name is Margarita. That's right. She was not born uh, Rita Wilson. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the, the cool cameos in this movie, too. Okay. We mentioned some of them already, but let's go, let's go down the list. So um, the part of Hollywood Television Showcase host Troy Chesterfield is played by Peter Scolari. Tom Hanks' uh, co-star in the old sitcom Bosom Buddies from the early 1980s. Yeah, and by the way, the studio where they filmed the scenes for the TV show... Mm -hmm. Same studio where they record Price is Right. I did not know that. Now you do. Wow. I should listen to this podcast more often. That's man. what it's all about, You're man. You learn cool shit. Pearls here, brothers and sisters. That's right. You learn some cool shit about your favorite <laughs> movies. <laughs> the major motion picture director, 
uh, in the movie that you know where Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack uh, shooters weekend at Party Pier. Yes, yes. exactly. We have a top five record. Yes. Then, then why are we in this movie? Why are we doing this? Oh, you'd rather be in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. I vote for Weekend at Party yeah. Pier. Good man. <laughs> but um, that director, by the way, is played by Jonathan Demi. Yes, who in real life directed Tom Hanks to an Oscar in 1993's Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and uh, Demi also won an Oscar himself for Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Hello, Clarice. <laughs> so uh tom hanks son colin who's uh, a great actor himself he has grown to become a fine actor in his own right colin hanks yes he has in fact uh he had a prominent role in one of the seasons of dexter on yes. showtime yes he did among other things uh he's the usher who escorts faye into the theater at the hollywood television showcase That's right clint howard <laughs> clint howard my goodness obviously the brother of hollywood director ron howard right i think clint howard it's in his contract he has to have a cameo in every ron howard film yes or something like that i'm pretty he's i'm pretty sure he's in every single ron I think howard he's in film. every ron howard film in some way shape or another and since tom hanks and ron howard are very very good close friends of course mm-hmm. clint howard shows up he's the dj mm-hmm. at the jazz station aha that interviews the wonders K J Z Z Kjiz. So one of the other DJs uh, from KMPC is played by Bridesmaids, The Heat, and the new Ghostbusters reboot director Paul Feig. That's right. Uh, we mentioned Kevin Pollak uh, as Boss Vic Koss. Boss Vic Koslovich. <laughs> Wicked game singer Chris Isaac as Uncle Bob. As Uncle Bob, the uh, the church music recorder. Yep. yep. Here's one that's kind of interesting. The bass player that's in the female folk group that plays at the talent show. We're drowning in the river. We're drowning. (laughs) (laughs) I love that guy. (laughs) Well, she's played by uh, helicopter traffic reporter Jennifer York of KTLA TV Channel 5 Morning News. Good sound effects, man. Michael Winslow, look out. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, She anchors the 11 a.m. newscast on the station as well. Okay, cool. Long Duck Dong appears in this movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> Get a Wantanabe as the as the Playtone photographer. Yeah. So, Sully, so he had chasings with Suzanne Plachette. <laughs> yep, that's Getty Wantanabe, Long Duck Dong himself. <laughs> Love it. This is a movie that, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I feel has been overlooked by a lot of people just because it just really didn't, I don't know if it just came out at a weird time when there was other stuff that just kind of engulfed it. Yeah, who which knows? happens sometimes with great movies. Sure, because the kicker is, Everybody I know that has seen this movie, they are so passionately enthusiastic about this movie. It's one of the best movies about uh, a music group that's out there. I mean, I agree. It's so much fun and it just makes you feel good. The song, I mean, you hear the, you know, the opening beat. It's just fucking great. This, this movie is easily in my top five movies of all time about music and or being in a band. Uh, My brother, Mike, you have a little shout out to my brother, Mike. He's, he's not a big movie guy okay um, he's more of a television guy okay but he and i can speak at length enthusiastically and <laughs> joyously about this he loves loves this movie so uh you were telling me when you told him that you were going to do the podcast with me again you said guess what movie we're doing and he said what i just did the um, ba, ba, um, ba, um, ba, ba. And he freaked out. His eyes got real big. He's like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Man. You got to ask Jason if I could be on the podcast. Yeah. And I would have loved to have had him down here, but I think our schedules just kind of didn't jive. Yeah. It just didn't quite work out that way. Yeah. So maybe another time, but uh, I'm glad that he enjoys this movie as much as we do. That's oh, he cool. loves this movie. 
Believe it or not, I actually saw this film in the theaters. As did I. Oh, cool. Okay. I just remember seeing the trailer and thinking, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, and I was right. And that's (laughs) what the movie is from start to finish. My parents are both baby boomers, Mm -hmm. and they tell me lots of stories about what it was like to grow up in the 60s during this time and just to be sort of engulfed in the history and the music and the culture and everything that was going on at the time. I even bring my parents in to talk about the 60s when I teach the 60s to my students in school. And I was born in 1972, so I wasn't even around for this stuff. But man, this movie makes me nostalgic for Mm -hmm. a time I didn't even exist for. Yeah, the time period that it portrays is a very cool time. I mean, there was, there was obviously a lot of bad shit going on in, in the country at that time, but yeah. you know, there's a, ver- there's an innocence that you see in the movie, everything about it, like the appliance store. <laughs> um, it comes in avocado, white, right. uh, off white, right. uh, just everything about it, you know, and that's, I always love movies like that where you see stuff before technology took over. Right. You right. know, it's just fun. Like Mr. White says to Jimmy, I want something peppy, something happy, something up-tempo. I want something snappy. Right. And that's what this movie is to me. Yeah. It's a happy, up-tempo, uh, peppy, snappy movie that's just from start to finish. It's just, it's it's joy. It's, it's just, just well just done. Joyous. And But, it, you know, we, we're saying that, but at the same time, it does have a lot of substance to it. It does, very much so. You know, there's there's a little bit of a cautionary tale. In sure. It as well, one of the things that my brothers and I taught you now, now he and I have been in in bands both together and separately. Nothing major, just you know your typical local cover bands, mm-hmm. just kind of having fun, a bunch of guys getting together, nothing too serious. Uh, my brother has recorded and made an album of his own. Uh, check it out on iTunes. The band is called Far From Okay. It's great stuff if you love great rock music. But um, I mean, just the thrill of. Uh, cutting a record and hearing it on the radio for the first time and then going on tour, meeting your musical idol. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when a guy gets to meet and sit down with Del Paxton. Yeah, it's and then stuff. later in the movie, he's sitting in the studio and Del Paxton walks in. He's like, hey, you mind if I jam with you? He's like, you want to jam with me? <laughs> exactly. You That's know? like a dream come true for any musician. Are you kidding me? I can picture like sitting in the studio and you know my favorite band is Rush. Right. Like any of the guys walk in and saying, "Hey man, you're you're pretty good. You mind if we jam?" And <laughs> you know me trying not to not to shit my pants. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because even not only Del Paxson in the movie, but he meets the guy that sings Mr. Downtown. Yeah, Freddie Fredrickson. Yeah, and he goes, oh man, this is crazy. It I, I, was the <laughs> yeah. first record I ever first bought. First record I ever wrote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Lenny says the uh, the line about, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to D- Diane Dane. Dane. I, I had my, my first, first boy, boy girl, girl thing. Yeah, to a picture of you. And she's like, yeah, charming. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I love Lenny, because he just <laughs> says things like that. Good stuff. But that's just just another example of what this movie is. It's about being foolish, being young, falling in love, and and above all else, making music. I mean, Mm. to go back to the summer of 64, to be uh, on the cusp of 21, 22 years old, hanging out with these guys, making music, traveling the country, girls going nuts. Watching your single going up the charts. Just, oh, Oh, man. man. It's great. Right? Yep. I mean, who who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Definitely check it out. That thing you do, and uh, if you have anything else that you want to add to the conversation, you can uh, join the conversation by emailing me screenfacts at yahoo.com. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com 
slash Jason Davis Voice. Also, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes and tell your family and friends about this podcast if you're enjoying it as much as we are enjoying making it for you. And if you have no family or friends, then tell your enemies. There you go. I don't care. As long as they listen, that's, that's really all Just that matters. Th- the point is, go tell people about the podcast, please. That's right. Post links on Facebook, Twitter, whatever other social media you use. Get the word out. That's all I ask. And uh, my website, jasondavisvoice.com slash podcast has info about Screenfax t-shirts and some of the other options of where you can download and listen if iTunes isn't your favorite way to do this. So, Tim, anything else you want to add? I am Spartacus. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Please come back again next Wednesday for more Screen Facts with Jason Davis. Jason Davis.